Welcome to the island. I'm Taylor Gaines, back to talk more Survivor 42 with my always co-host, Tyler B. Commons. Always co-host, never a bro host. Tyler B. Commons. I don't know. It just rhymed. I don't know why I thought of bro host. (laughs) I don't think I'm really a good definition of bro. Have you ever heard of that movie, The Host, where there's like a... I think it's virus-based, so trigger warning for anyone who's lived through the last two years. <laughs> but I, I think it's like a, you know, a virus that takes play that takes hold in a host and then goes around to people and like kills people. Um, I don't. I mean, I know the name of it. I didn't know what the movie was about. That kind of reminds me of like It Follows, or uh, what was that M Night Shyamalan where the like planet woke up and decided to kill everybody. Do you remember that one? Is that After Earth? I don't remember. What if that's what Earth is doing? You know, instead of people like laying down under lawnmowers, they're just like, I have coronavirus. (laughs) All I'm saying is I thought you just gave a pretty good like frat house based Mm. pitch for like a sequel to that movie just called Bro Host. (laughs) That was not probably worth the explanation (laughs) to get there. And this is not a movie podcast. It's not despite what we, it's not a basketball podcast either. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> after all these years unfortunately it is still not a basketball podcast oh man yeah so we're on the island we're back <laughs> we're about halfway through season 42 as we said at the top of the season for those of you who saw us and heard us pop into the feed we have not been here weekly obviously but we wanted to check in and say hello and say hi to each other um, we don't talk outside of this, so I, I don't know what Ty's been up to. I'm, I haven't heard his name. Even before we record, dead silent always. I just click accept whenever Taylor calls, and then I just set the phone down. Well, and he always says, are you recording? And if I say no, he doesn't say anything. <laughs> I have to wait for Taylor to count us in, and then I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm a, I'm a one-hit wonder. Like, I, I have can't no repeat. idea what Ty's like in real life. Ty in real life. That could be another spinoff. It's like Dan in real life, <laughs> the, the Ty, Ty version. Ty, we are, let's see, I guess eight episodes in. According to the Survivor Wiki, there have been eight episodes, but I there's been a couple two-hour ones, so I'm confused about the exact number. Oh, wait, let me back up and correct that. According to the Survivor Wiki, there have been seven episodes. They just happen to have released the name of the eighth episode already, so it's on here. <laughs> um, I feel much better this season than I did last season. We talked about it in our opening intro podcast. I didn't even make it through all of last season um, with Twist Apocalypse. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just mentally in a better space, but it like <laughs> there's still tons of twists and idols and advantages and stuff out there. But this season, like, I, I enjoy this cast a lot more than I enjoyed last season's, and I've just come to accept what Survivor is, and I'm I'm really pleasantly surprised. I'm really enjoying it. I Genuinely, there's not a person out there that I'm like, get them off my screen, I don't want to watch. And usually every season, there's like one or two people where I'm like, I can't stand another sarah centered episode i'm just throwing out a name like i couldn't stand it but this season like i feel like they've mixed in different people being the central figure and it's worked well and um the storytelling has greatly evolved um there's not as many flashbacks to like this is me back home look at my childhood picture they did a couple of those this season but it wasn't like overdone like it has been in the past and i i'm I'm having a lot of fun. I really am. And it's it's weird for me to say because uh, it's basically recycled 41. But for some reason, this season works so much better for me. Yeah, it's funny because I, I feel similarly, especially about the twists, where when Jeff turns to the screen and says, what's great is none of these players have seen season 41. <laughs> so we can do what we did in season 41. I get not a good feeling in my stomach when I hear that. But similarly, that's a hard word. Similarly to what you're saying, I think that we've either given up on caring about the twists and just gotten used to it 
or they've actually found a way to better integrate them into the game. I'm not sure which, because I think for me, the line has shifted to kind of hating all of the twists that seem to screw with the perceived order of things and being more accepting of the twists to the extent that they don't totally blow up your game with leaving you no really way out you know like i guess what i'm trying to say is most of the twists you can withstand the penalties or the benefits of them if you have strong enough alliances and you're a strong enough player unfortunately i think in this in this quote unquote asterisk 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 merge episode (laughs) they kind of crossed the line for me on the twist thing because the thing about the let's change history and break the hourglass twist is that it invalidates a lot of work that people do for basically no reason so that that's kind of where i draw the line in the twist is like as long as you can still just be like I've got a strong alliance. I'll make this work. It's like a bit of a handicap, but I can make it work. Then I'm okay with them at this point. And maybe that's just because I've been beaten down by them for years now. <laughs> We're slowly being worn away. I, yeah, I think that this twist is probably the worst possible twist you can make because it's literally taking immunity from winners and handing it to losers. So like on the face of it, it's the exact opposite of what good gameplay is. But because yeah, and and I really thought Rockstar was going to come through with the gen, uh, the Gen X, uh, mindset when he was on the island because he was like, they lost, you know, you, not everybody gets a trophy, <laughs> and I thought, oh, here we go, like I'm into this. Yeah, I really I did like that line, and part of me was really excited to be like, Roxroy is going to put himself in the challenge. He's going to bolster his standing by not doing a weird flip, but the reason i was i'm air quoting like okay with the way this one played out is because there was that great tension between roxroy and tory so it almost seemed like man well it was completely unfair if you just take it at face value and you don't know the people the storyline almost made up for (laughs) the egregious disrespect towards the game that this kind of twist genuinely is i so I don't want to go too deep into this specific episode without giving some of our high-level thoughts on how this season has gone so far with respect to the specific castaways. Yeah. And I I think Tori and Roxroy are an interesting place to start, I, I suppose, because they were together on the Eco Tribe for most of this season, the Blue, the Blue Tribe. And they seem to have formed like a hatred for each other that has only been like lightly alluded to through most of the episodes and then shown greatly in other ones. So like they are fascinating to watch because I don't know how they grew such an intense dislike for each other in such a short amount of time, but they talk about each other as if they're mortal enemies. (laughs) Yeah, and that's with the shorter game, it's it's almost like everyone's emotions are kind of tightened and wound up even tighter because they talk about how long they've yeah, known each other. Yeah, and I wonder if that has to do with the lack of food that they're giving them also. That could be it too. But like the merge took place on day 12. We used to have to wait till day like 20. So it was another week plus some or something like that. So yeah, I mean, and, and we talked in the preview episode that they're essentially doing fifteen tribal councils in twenty six days. Like the whole season is twenty six days now of real time, so it's really compressed. Yeah, and and there's just a lot of tension. And what we did get to see was Roxbury is kind of a demanding leader, stay at home dad, father figure. You need to do this. You need to, like do your chores, kids. Is kind of like how he's been portrayed, and. Tori wanted to be a manipulator and when there's someone she can't manipulate I think that that creates problems for her so it's just it's fun to watch this is this is like almost classic survivor in that personalities between those two specifically are trumping the game which is what's good because it's a lot of fun watching helps people the show. genuinely not yeah. like each other um, which I, I actually I said that to Brie last night, my girlfriend, we were, when we were watching it, I said, 
the show hasn't had a classic mean girl character like Tori in a long time. And it's like, not to paint Tori as a total villain, but it has been really funny watching the evolution from the preseason when both of us were kind of like, she sounds like she's going to have a really interesting strategy. She's going to use her like life as a therapist and build all these interesting social bonds and understand the nuances of relationships and stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm, I'm sure she's like, like you said, tired, hungry, compressed time frame, a lot of stress. I'm sure she's a great therapist in real life, but it's very funny watching her on the show and being like, Oh, Oh, she's a therapist. Like she deals with people for a living. <laughs> yeah. It, it, that has been very interesting. I think that's one of the, one of the great things is, watching our survivor players like some of them that we drafted really high were not so great and some of them that were low we knew were going to be low so like it's always fun adding that extra layer and watching these people play and tori i really thought that she was going to be like a superstar i don't she came off as a superstar she presented well and i mean she's still there She's got that going for her. Um, but as far as characters, I mean, she's been a fun character, but not in the, like, I really want to see this person go far. She has been the mean girl you get to root against. I would say, though, let's, let's, uh, let's, I didn't prepare you for this, but let, let's kind of power rank on the fly here among the remaining four, eight, eleven people. Uh, so, for me, uh, and we, we don't have to do exact numbers. We can kind of feel this out as we go. But I feel like Tori and Roxroy are in the bottom tier right now in my power rankings as far as having a legitimate chance to win in the end. Um, granted, the jury hasn't started yet. So everyone that's left is going to be the jury. But I just don't see it happening for them based off of what you said about his sort of discipline, like dad vibe and her just kind of general lack of trust among everyone around her like she's she's <laughs> fully the person that when they merged everyone was just like yeah don't talk to her don't trust her <laughs> yeah she uh she seems to air out a lot of secrets that she's told or tell them to the wrong people i i think that's a fair assessment i would say they're both in that bottom kind of third tier of people left and i think that roxroy see it was so weird because Obviously, we just watched the most recent episode, so that's a lot easier to remember than the season overall. But I felt like he actually had a very good episode. And I don't mean a good episode like winner's edit, he made a big decision, like it's very obvious going forward. But I felt like he was a very central figure and they let him talk through his thought processes, not just putting him in the box of like the bossy dad that he's been the whole time. But we got to hear the way he was thinking, and we got that great heartfelt moment about his, you know, double eye surgeries and an answer to why he wears those glasses that look like magnifying glasses. And we got to know him, and I think that they want you to like him more than what we've been given through the first half of this season. Yeah, and and watching him alone on that weird little exile merge period where he had to decide whether to smash an hourglass (laughs) that would reverse the outcome of the merge immunity challenge which also by the way my other complaint about that was that two people had to sit out despite having an even number of people remaining i just thought that was baffling (laughs) but it was genuinely fun and heartwarming to watch him seem to just really enjoy being there by himself like he built a baller shelter in a in a very short amount of time was just making rice for himself walking up to the top of the mountain and taking everything in which totally about added to the first half of the season because everyone's like he's just bossy about shelters and then he shows up on his own and he's like this is a great pause for me he builds a fantastic shelter he's cooking rice just chilling and jeff comes up and he's like Hey, you want some rice? I'm going to pull some off. We're here, but I got you know, I got stuff to do. Like, well, and Jeff was like, this is an incredible shelter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was watching him like pull those vines out and he's like, 
wow, nature's natural rope or whatever. And I was like, maybe this guy <laughs> does know what he's talking about. And people are just upset because he does it in the not most personable way. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It was a good episode for him in, until Tribal Council, right? Because then you kind of remember that socially he doesn't really have a clear grasp of what is happening amongst the majority of the tribe. Like, he voted sort of out of step with a group that he was told he was a part of. They're like, hey, you're part of this eight. This is definitely the majority. And he somehow joined up with other people instead and voted in the extreme minority. Yeah, he he was a solo vote. So not only was he not part of his eight, he wasn't part of the people trying to like hurt the alliance he's supposedly in. So um, it was a good personal level for Rockstory. But as far as the game, yes, I do think he's still struggling. Um, even though as a character, he became much more enjoyable this week. You said you do have the vote breakdown from this merge episode, right? Yeah, so Lydia went home and High... Which we'll talk more about as we work through the remaining castaways because her and High were were very uh, tight. And her and High were very tight, but on the vote out, High, Jonathan, Lindsay, Drea, Marianne, and Mike all voted together. And then Romeo and Lydia voted for Marianne, and Chanel and Tori voted for Jonathan. So, a lot of disunity. Um, I oh, and who did uh, Rockstar vote Rockstar for? voted for Lindsay. So, incredible, yeah, incredible stuff. Yeah. So it was it was very interesting. Um, again, we're going to talk about all this in more detail. I think High voting for Lydia was ultimately a really good decision on his part. Um, even though it sucks, but I th- I think it was the right yeah, the right move for him so, going forward. That was probably the most interesting part of this season and seeing where it's going to progress. Yeah, I, just as a quick aside too, I, I think that reminds me of something that if there's one thing I wish Survivor would bring back, it is the explanation for why people are voting for who they're voting for because a lot of times where the show falls short on a week-to-week basis is it the episode ends and you're like, huh? <laughs> like, because if there's a blind side, you're just like, why did that happen? And there's no explanation. And then there's just scenes from the next episode and then you move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that if they had the time, like that is something I would certainly bring back is just hearing everyone's explanation for why they're voting for who they're voting for. But um, more on high in a bit, I, I guess to sort of keep working our way up through the remaining castaways, I think we agree Tori and Roxroy are probably near the bottom at this point. Would you be comfortable lumping in Chanel and potentially Marianne as well into that group? Or would you think there's a divide between those two? I think there is a divide between those two. I do think Chanel is definitely in that bottom tier. I think Marianne is going to skate by for a while because if the episode is speaking truth... We can think of th- like three people are going to be out before her in um, Chanel and Tori, and uh, I'm trying to remember who the last one was. Lydia's gone. Romeo. I feel like Romeo is just kind of in a weird spot. But but to your point of the three people that were discussed, I think it was mostly Chanel, Tori, and Marianne because of the three tribes each tribe kind of threw one of their own under the bus yeah. and Marianne was kind of the one who got thrown under the bus. But I think I do agree with you. There's probably a divide between her and Chanel, generally speaking, because people at least like Marianne and they, they might not feel like she's, you know, a great alliance or like fun to hang out on, around camp, even though she seems like a blast. Um, everyone just keeps complaining about her, I guess. <laughs> but Chanel, it just seems like people don't trust. They're just kind of like, you are never giving us the truth. And throughout, like, she's just given off the wrong vibe to people. So I, I think Chanel, Tori, Roxroy are probably bottom tier. Marianne slightly above them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree with that. Um, Chanel, she just, she's not bonded with people in a sense that they can't trust what she's saying. So if you, if you have everybody that can't trust you, you're going to get those awkward moments where she walks up to a group tries to join in their conversation and then they're like i'm gonna go fishing i'm gonna go collect firewood oh my god those are the two most awkward moments this week and i loved it 
I, I could not believe how awkward the second one was because they were like, hey, we walked away from her before. We need to act more seriously engaged this time so that she feels safe. And just immediately they all bailed. It was just incredible stuff. Yeah, it was great. And I don't I don't know how you make up conversation when you're out there unless because you're either talking about the game or you're giving like your life backstory. And she walked up and they clearly weren't giving life backstories. So they were like, well, I don't know what to do. We don't Big like goals, you. Huh? <laughs> yeah. See you later. <laughs> exactly. It was straight dumb and dumber. All right. So honestly, in a cast that I really like, what I find interesting is no one has totally separated themselves at this point, which I think is probably intentional. I mean, We've talked on and off air in recent years about the phenomena of playing too hard too early and being in control, making big power moves before and during the time around the merge and finding yourself all of a sudden to be a huge target because this whole game now is about like peaking at the right time. Like it's basically like an NBA or (laughs) NHL or MLB season where like, there's such long seasons that like what you do at the beginning, if you're a good team, hardly matters. It's just like, are you rounding into form when the playoffs come? Like, are you gaining power in your tribe as you're getting down to the final six, final five, final four? Because otherwise it's too soon and all of a sudden you're gone. (laughs) Yeah. It's we've said it and it's, it stinks because you want to see the best player win, but it's hard to see the best player win at this point. And I, I don't know, like you're saying, I wouldn't say there is one person that I would consider is the best player on this season. I have a few that I really like and I have a few that are favorites, but it is really difficult to like tease out who is doing what and making moves because if you hint at making a move or, well, let's just, again, just because it's the most recent Omar looked like he almost kind of ran the tribe at the end, but he didn't have a vote and he was, you know, like, so he was useless and he was safe, but at the same time he had a really strong edit telling a bunch of people and seeding a bunch of deception, like, and lies. And like, that was a brilliant move, but he also had no power. So it's like, where do you rank him? Like, is he at mid tier? Is he just kind of Jonathan's sidekick or is he like, completely using Jonathan as a shield and playing a mastermind game. And then he's going to be there at the final three and use all that. So it's like, there's a bunch of different scenarios that play out and there's not, we always talked about it. There's not the Boston Rob winning from start to finish. Like you're not, I don't think that'll ever happen again. And for it, it makes for really entertaining TV to not have that, but it does make it difficult, especially with this cast. We are getting to know a lot of them so well that I I don't know who this standout performer is so far. I should say, by the way, it seemed like there was a marked shift between the premiere episode and later ones that I guess his name's pronounced Omer because I feel like they said Omar at the beginning and now they've all clearly been saying Omer (laughs) in a way that is different than the opening one. So I guess I'm going to say Omer too, but I think they, he definitely had the best, like you just pulled off a big move congratulations kind of episode Mm -hmm. i think power ranking the remaining seven people at this point is challenging because i think we agree chanel tori and roxroy currently are at the bottom um at least tori has shown the capacity to make a nice move previously this season when she spun the vote off of her into swati a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. um kind of capitalized on someone's mistake and like made a nice move so she you know always hope if she can uh you know, make more inroads with the merge tribe than she did with her original tribe. But I think the group of high Omer, Romeo, Jonathan, Drea, Mike, and Lindsay is kind of indistinguishable to me at this point. So for us to power rank them, I guess we could each kind of pick maybe two or three that we think we like the most, but it's, it's hard right now. Yeah. And I think at the risk of just jumping the gun, there's really, from what I'm seeing, I think high has to be one of those top tiers. 
Um, I really think that he is playing well. Um, well, so let's talk about what he did this week because he has been leading the way ever since that deadlock vote in, I think, week three when he was like, I'm willing to go to Rocks. He straight up won a standoff by not budging first and since then has been kind of dictating what's been happening over at the Green Tribe. And his number one was Lydia. So to see him turn on her at this point in the game for a move that wasn't his and just to simply go along with the majority was a really interesting thing to think about. It's super interesting because is he going along with it because he felt overwhelmed or is he going along because he sees a light at the end of the tunnel? And that's the stuff that we don't get to know. I want to believe he's seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, which is him being handed a check for a million dollars. And he saw that there was too many people voted against him. And if he dug his heels in again, then he would be in trouble in the future. So for that reason, I think he does have the larger picture metagame going like long term. I think he has that goal. And like you said, since dictating that standoff vote and you know refusing to go to rocks um and getting people like daniel to crumble under the pressure i, I guess we should clarify he he said he would have gone to rocks right hi yeah we're saying i think we're saying refusing but i think his thing was i'll go to rocks for her i'm not changing my vote i guess that was a more accurate i guess because yes. daniel was the one who was like i'm terrified of going to rocks okay yes that is correct. He was using rocks in the opposite way I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> and potentially that I was saying. But the point stands that he is a standout for sure so far. And, and he also speaks about the game in probably the most clear-minded way of any of the people who get confessionals and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. I, I mean, up there with him at this point, it's really hard to tell who I would say. I mean, Drea has been impressive uh obviously like we said omer had a pretty big episode lindsay's been a little bit anonymous but has a lot of shields around her and has been certainly better than we predicted in the preseason episode mm -hmm. uh romeo was kind of a wild card still in this ep merge episode alone he went from like I'm a crafty player making crafty moves and having big emotions to like, I'm power hungry and I'm crazy now. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't know what to expect from him. I, Jonathan obviously has been the story of the season in a lot of ways, which we'll talk about, um, but is fighting a, an, a literal uphill battle trying to win the type of player that he is. And then Mike as well, I think has been surprisingly impressive and, and fun to watch given his age and, and like they talked about in this episode, his general perception is like a meathead kind of guy. So uh, really it's, it feels really, really up in the air at this point. I, I think it's good, but I do wish there were some standouts at this point who people were kind of gunning for. Yeah. And I think with that Alliance of eight, who only six voted the same way this episode. So I don't really know if it's an Alliance of eight, that that is going to start to happen. Maybe they don't want to show us that that eight is just going to run the show for the next three or four votes. But when that kind of group starts to tear off, I think that's when we'll become the most um, aware of what the actual tribal dynamics are. But you touched on it. And I guess my, my guess is it would happen sooner than we would expect too, right? Because they are so clearly like, Hey guys, Chanel, Tori, Roxroy, or sorry, Chanel, Tori, Marianne, that's kind of the bottom of each tribe. Let's pick them off, blah, blah, blah. And you know when stuff like that happens that maybe they'll get through one of those, maybe two of those, but at some point someone's going to be like, we're all in agreement that this person's going, so now's the time to make a big move. <laughs> right. The easy vote is never the easy vote. That's just not the way the game is played anymore. Um, but I do want to touch on, I think Jonathan and Mike – we talk about this big dominant alpha male that Jeff, you know, has man crushes on. And I think we touched on it a little bit in the preseason, especially with Jonathan. Mike is doing much better than I thought, but they are both fairly emotionally aware people. They're, they are physically huge. And I mean, we got to see them have a conversation. You alluded to it earlier about 
uh, Mike just being perceived as a meathead. I, I think I saw, especially in the preseason interviews with Jonathan, that he is a very good player, and I think his <laughs> physicality is the only detriment to his game. I think if he looked like Omer or if he looked like Roxroy, I don't think he would be in nearly as much trouble because people genuinely like him. Yeah, I mean, I need to say, because you and I have talked about a lot of big physical dudes making runs in this game. We talked about the white guy in in jeans <laughs> who uh, who I think maybe won the whole season. I Honestly, I, who can remember? He was a firefighter. There has never been a castaway like Jonathan that I have seen. It is unbelievable watching him in the challenges. He's like in a different, he's, he's from a different planet compared to everyone else. Watching him just single-handedly like throw people over things and push <laughs> boulders around and like pull carts through the ocean. The episode where he pulled a boat out of the ocean while the other tribes couldn't even get past the tide and they had to end up like postponing the challenge just so they could get out of the water <laughs> was like, it's like, Hercules like god level stuff from this guy and it is like unbelievable to watch I I I, I can't believe out of <laughs> I, I I just I just feel like he's been training his whole life for this in a way that no one in 42 seasons has been like <laughs> and that's what's so great about him is he's capable of those things but he wants to form bonds with people outside of hey I'm a big meat shield and I bring you fish like, obviously, he's doing that, and it gets brought up a lot. We can't get rid of him, otherwise we don't eat at all. But I just love seeing his earnest desire to be thought of as more than, I am just this giant shield that eventually is going to get voted off, which this week, you know, almost happened. People talked about it. Are we ever going to have another chance to get rid of him? Who knows? But I just would say thus far he's probably been my favorite castaway this season yeah he's he's been really really incredible and you mentioned jeff's like man crushes that happen it's really funny to watch him just say mr jeff (laughs) just just very funny to hear keep calling him mr jeff over and over again yeah what do you make of drea we haven't really talked about her she's been kind of a quiet player she's really intense at tribal council she had a little bit of a spat with Marianne in this merge episode that was kind of strange. Uh, but she has a lot of advantages and she's, I believe the one who is a past Olympian. So she's definitely got some physical strengths and she's in that group of eight. She's made some, she's been on the right side of all of the votes that she's been in, which is only three according to the survivor wiki that I'm looking at. But I don't know. What do you, what do you make of her? She, she's such a wild card for me because I've talked about we're getting to know people. I don't think we've gotten to know her. I think that people like her. Um, you saw her uh, agree to disagree in tribal council. And so I think she's got a head on her shoulders that is aware of what's happening. But she seems so cerebral and not animated in a way that it's hard for CBS to put her on screen. Not because she's a bad player, but she doesn't, she's not loud like Marianne. She's not, she's capable, but she's not physically dominant like Jonathan. She doesn't have that um, New Yorker, New Jersey accent like Mike that's memorable. She's just there in the shadows lurking and we've talked about it that can be the most dangerous position for other people because at any time she could strike and take over the game so while I don't know that she's going to do that or is capable of that I think she's like this little bundle of potential (laughs) that is just ready to explode Um, and we almost got to see a little bit of that in tribal this week but I, I still think that I don't have quite the read on her other than to say she's she's been winning and if she keeps on winning I think she has a really good shot at making valid arguments towards the end of the game I'm realizing by the way looking at the survivor 42 wiki page that I think part of the reason there haven't been a lot of standouts this season is because 
things have been really evenly split and really uncontroversial so far. Like, we can talk in more detail about this after we finish getting through the remaining castaways, but, like, first castaway gone, Jackson, no vote. Second castaway gone, Zach, 5-0 vote. Third castaway gone, Maria, 4-0 vote. Fourth castaway gone, Jenny, which there was a deadlock, and we talked about high. He's one of the few people who stood out because that was one of the few contentious votes. But otherwise, that green tribe, which went to tribal twice, was kind of dominated by conversation around Daniel and Chanel, who are respectively out and on the bottom. <laughs> and similarly, when the blue tribe went a second time, it was Swati versus Tori, who were both just kind of people battling on the bottom. So there, there's been such an established order that it's been hard to really tell who the standouts are. And the fact that it was also evenly split basically with like two blue tribals, two green tribals, and one orange tribal, we just didn't get one particular strong person in tribal a whole lot in this first half of the season, which is a good argument, by the way, for Omer to be like arguably number one in the power rankings at this point because things have been fairly even-handed and then he kind of swung the biggest vote of the season so far because Lydia was legitimately in a power couple with high. So no one has separated themselves because of that, because of what I'm talking about. But people are starting to try to recognize the order of things and, and start to make moves. So it's, it's, I think it's about to get good. And I already really like this cast. So I think it's going to be great. Yeah. And it, it's almost like... Um I want to say trial by committee um, because there's no jury yet. But when you see all the votes, they have mostly all been together outside of uh, week three, as you alluded to. And it's interesting because every group has likable people in it. So it's not like... (laughs) Even when a tribe goes, there's not one person I'm like, oh my gosh, I want that person to be safe. It's like, no, I'd be fine if all of these people were safe. Like this, it's it's just it's been tough to really draw out who has the biggest um, presence because so many people are working together and working together well. So it's 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 tough to. There's not really been contentious votes, like you said. So it's it's not which vote has won out. It's, well, we needed to get together and we needed to get rid of this one person. Yeah. So we're all working <laughs> for, towards that. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we've talked about most of the remaining people, Tori, Hi, Omer, um, Chanel, Jonathan, Roxroy, Drea, Marianne, Mike. There's one other person I want to mention after I ask you this, but... Anything you want to say also about Romeo? I know we've kind of, we haven't gotten a ton of him on screen, so it's hard to make a lot of him at this point, but anything jump out to you about him? I really liked up until this episode, the way he has been playing the game and interacting with people and talking um, strategically. But when he was like, I got all this power now, I'm going to go crazy. You get a whole ton of fear because he didn't earn that power. He was handed to it. Handed, had it handed to him so I, I've i liked him up until this point not in the sense that I've seen a whole lot from him but in the sense that the little bits we did see I thought he had a grasp on what was happening um, I think he's got a good story for people we got to learn more about his story of him being scared about his family back home treating him differently now that he's you know out on national television so I like the guy, yeah, nice but I moment. was really, this was probably his worst episode from a strategic standpoint. Um, and it, it seems in the next episode didn't make him look like he's calming down either. So um, I've liked him up to this yeah, point, we'll but see. I'm worried moving forward. I really liked what I said to him. It's like, he's like, I'm worried people aren't going to love me anymore because it's going to be different. He's like, you're the same person. You're still, <laughs> you're still the same person. It's nice. I think we should mention, too, because we certainly paid short shrift to her in our preview episode, and I believe we're uh, paying short shrift to her now, despite a few mentions. But, Lindsay, uh, we had pretty much 
last in our preseason draft, which I guess you can blame Dalton Ross for because he asked her a series of questions that made her sound like <laughs> she was going to be chaotically bad at Survivor, but she has been entirely safe the whole time. She, I mean, it helps to be on Jonathan's tribe where they were barely ever losing any immunity challenges, but she's been entirely safe. She was on the right side of the merge vote. She's only been to tribal twice, but uh, she just doesn't even feel like someone they're talking about at this point. So uh, she, now is her time to you know make moves or just kind of fade into nothingness. <laughs> yeah, she definitely needs um, a turn, and I don't know which way I want her to turn, like you said, because we've not gotten to see a whole lot of her except the fact that she's safe and that tribe's been all about Jonathan and Marianne. So she's not been the main character. She's not been the most developed character. So I I really think that she, I I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say about her because she's, I just feel like we owe her an apology. That's all. That's, that's true because she did not come (laughs) off well in our preseason stuff and she was not drafted highly, but I don't want to fully apologize because she still might go in the next week or two. Like, we don't know. We haven't seen her. So who knows? Next week we could have a Tory Roxroy immunity thing, and they're like, oh, well, we need Marianne for this specific reason. Let's get rid of Lindsay. So I don't I don't know what to say. I do want to say she did better than some of the people. Like, I thought Jenny Kim was going to be much better than she ended up being. So the fact that she lasted longer than Jenny Kim has to be props in some way, shape, or form. Jenny felt like a knife's edge to me kind of case. Like, I feel like every season there's someone who either could have gone the whole way or gone out in, like, week four. And and Jenny ultimately felt like that to me because she was playing pretty well up until that point and had some solid alliances and basically just got outplayed all of a sudden because High made such a strong impression and Daniel cratered so badly that she just kind of got caught in the crosshairs. So I, in a different season, I could have seen her doing a bit more. But it's it's been, yeah, I, I, I'm happy with the people that are left. I, I'm entertained by this season. I think we were worried at a certain point after season 40 specifically, like that the show could never effectively go back to having an all new cast, <laughs> that they were just going to have to do returners constantly. But I think it's working. I, I, I also want to mention before we backtrack and talk about the people who have gone home that the challenges are fine-tuned to the point of, like, they might as well be a professional sport. Like, I, I think that we don't talk about the challenges much over the years of doing this podcast because it's not that interesting strategically or to, like, recap, but... They're they're really entertaining, even though I've seen some of them 12 times. I'm still like, they've got this down. They know how to do it. They know how to balance the physicality and the exhaustion with the puzzles. Like I think they're just really good at it by this point. Yeah, and throwing a 75-piece puzzle into the mix out of nowhere was pretty crazy. I mean, normally they're like 30 pieces. So they're, yeah, they're definitely... It would have been more interesting if Jonathan wasn't on the other tribe and they had already done 70 pieces of the puzzle by the time... <laughs> the other team got there but but uh yeah it has been really good and in a season where you don't have a player like Jonathan who single-handedly wins team challenges and pushes giant boulders out of holes and holds up ladders while he's half drowning to get a key like maybe these challenges are more entertaining in a way but yeah I mean they're definitely have good ones like the first individual immunity challenge we've seen them stacking up the word immunity five or six times now but it was entertaining because people stress out and they can get those fun shots of like big wobbles that don't fall and then they get little wobbles that for some reason everything falls so the the challenges have been entertaining and the challenges have been pretty good um as someone who used to get up and get water during challenges because (laughs) that's the best time because nothing's happening and no one's talking about anything um it it has been fun and and always having I'm blindfolded sh- people challenged. That's the be- that's a good one. <laughs> I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast before because we've had family members on. We've done this for a long time. But I, I used to do the opposite when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I would have my parents call me in during the challenges and then just go back to playing PlayStation when the challenges weren't happening. <laughs> so shout out to younger me. <laughs> but 
let's talk about how we got here. Uh, I, we're not going to like exhaustively do this for hours and hours, but, but I do want to recap where we've come from. And I think we obviously have to start in week one with one of the more unique evacuations I've seen, which was Jackson going from a theoretical fan favorite to out in like five minutes. Yeah, that was like super awkward because it was the same. Uh, I'm trying to remember. They had the theme. Was it the Heroes vs. Healers vs. Hustlers? Where the guy who the entire season theme came about from, like he hurt his back on the first boat ride. I can't. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what the theme his was. His name was Pat, I believe. Yes, but like that was the exact same thing. It was like here's this character who's gonna be fun. They're gonna be entertaining. Um, they seem pretty likable. They're getting along with their cast members. And that season was David versus Goliath, by the way, and he had a spinal compression deterioration. <laughs> So something very serious, um, like an yeah, addiction. Yeah, it says a uh, his. It says a liquid-filled sac in between his vertebrates ruptured. Oh my god. Um, Oof. But that was kind of the beginning of this season, where it's like, you're gonna start, and all the wind is gonna be taken out of the sails. But it's still gonna be an okay season, and this season has turned out to be pretty good. But it was super weird seeing somebody who's like hey you didn't tell us about this condition until you got to ponderosa um we can't let you play <laughs> like it's just, it was so random yeah. in like a survivor first in a season where there's been a few survivor firsts it, it was just it was super awkward because it was like a a medevac without any medical conditions showing yeah i was going to if if brie was here cuz i should say she studies drugs for school. Uh, I was going to have her pop in and do a little like, you know, here's what you need to know about. What was it? Lithium? Is that Lithium, what it was? I believe. But uh, I haven't retained the knowledge well enough to really speak <laughs> on it. Uh, but my understanding is it's something that is, is rarely, but sometimes treated for like anxiety and stuff. And I don't, I don't even know if it's, I don't really, I don't think it's not an opioid. I was told by her it is not an opioid, mm. but I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah, I don't know either, but um, he said he started taking it when, uh, was it his father that had health issues and that's how he connected with his mom yeah. or his mom had health I issues? Think so. So um, just a lot of anxiety and a lot of change because, uh, you know, there was separation because it, um, trans person and that's always a dicey situation depending on how the family handles it and uh, it was a character that i was looking forward to getting to know and to be evacuated in the first episode um i felt like we lost yeah. a fun storyline that, that was really tough i think out of all the people that have gone home that was kind of the one that still hurts the most from both a personality and a narrative perspective where i was like damn that was gonna be really fun <laughs> so you know tough break but even tougher break for me was that that very same episode, the person who in the season preview I likened to, quote, the most like me of anyone I've ever <laughs> seen on the show, uh, voted out 5 nothing immediately. Very unimpressive showing. Yeah, I was, again, because we don't do this weekly, I just had a little chuckle to myself after that episode, and I was like, this was like Taylor's, I don't remember if he was your first overall pick. You have the list right in front of you, but he was somebody yeah, that you really he... liked. <laughs> Actually, he was only he was my sixth pick. So. Oh, okay, so you liked him, but you also didn't think he was going to win. Yeah, I saw too much of myself, you know? <laughs> so you want to play, but you don't think you're going to win. Love it. <laughs> I would just fall asleep all the time, man. I would be hungry. I, people would want to talk strategy to me. I'd be like, shut up, I'm hungry. <laughs> it would be tough. <laughs> be like, shut up, I need to pull this palm frond over me to stay warm. <laughs> <laughs> just little skinny kids that Marianne would fall in love with. I would just, I, I need Mike or Jonathan to be my cuddle buddies probably to keep me warm <laughs> from this particular season. Uh, so yeah, so Jackson left, Zach left. Week two, I believe it was pronounced Maria, spelled M-A-R-Y-A, but she went home. She was the one who in the preseason we talked about, her brother was the first nurse to die of COVID, which was terribly sad. Uh, and it was tough to watch her go out <laughs> as easily as she did because she also got voted out 
unanimously, four to four to zero. Um, what was interesting was her and Zach both were aware enough of their position that they were the first two castaways. Somehow it didn't really happen in all of 41, I believe, unless there's one example I'm forgetting. They were the first two castaways to use their shot in the dark, uh, making them officially the first unanimous vote outs in Survivor history because there is always at least one person not voting for themselves. So uh, goodbye to them, and hopefully after this season, good riddance to Shot in the Dark. <laughs> yeah, Shot in the Dark has um, been very interesting. I just... I. Marianne, it's so bad because it's just the way Survivor works, but she was just so pigeonholed into that mom category. Not Marianne. Marianne's still yes, around. Yes, Marianne. Sorry. I'm I'm looking at her name and still wondering how to say it. Maria. <laughs> Maria. <laughs> I want to say Maria because that's how it's spelled. But um, yeah. she was so pigeonholed into the mom, and I, I brought it up preseason, which is probably why I said Marianne too, because that episode, even though the vote was unanimous, it was played off as, hey, we're getting rid of the child, or hey, we're getting rid of the mom. Two categories that always struggle in Survivor. And um, Marianne is still there, so clearly she's shaken that off, and maybe that was just the narrative they needed to produce for that episode. But she was just so boxed into that mom role um at least from a viewership perspective that she was never going to make it very far um and again i would personally in the preseason i wanted to vote and cheer for roxroy but he's kind of got that dad vibe that for some reason is lasting longer than the mom vibe but still doesn't seem like it's going to get him to the end yeah so Week three, Jenny went home, which we talked a decent bit about already. But the fascinating thing about that week in relation to the twist conversation was that Chanel could not vote uh, because she risked her vote at the summit, making her lose her vote. Mike could not vote because he found the beware advantage and was not allowed to vote. And then it tied two to two between Jenny and Lydia. So then... Jenny and Lydia could not vote (laughs) after that. And because Chanel and Mike didn't have votes, it was basically just Hi and Daniel and Jenny kind of deciding what was going to happen. It was very confusing who was like allowed, like, because they were all allowed to talk, but they weren't all allowed to decide. And they weren't all allowed to vote. It was it was a very weird situation, but like we talked about a good bit, was kind of a moment when High separated himself and Daniel went from a likable, not that he was less likable, but he went from like a likable, maybe we'll see this guy do some stuff kind of character to, oh, this guy's not going to do well. <laughs> yeah, I was really hoping he was going to be like, um, dude, this is my brain. News anchor man is who I was hoping Daniel was going to be like, but he did not mm. turn out to be that. And um, what was that guy's name? Givens. I mean, it's something similar to that, but (laughs) river river. Was it river? No, he would go bump, 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 bump. This just in like, I know, I know exactly Uh, what it looks like. Just names escape me when you've done this for this long. Yeah. And I, Oh, I got it. Rick Devins. Devins. Yeah. I really think that crazy that Rick Devins to me turned into river. But Rivens. that's honestly pretty good for my memory. That's pretty close. <laughs> that is pretty good. I really hope, and this is just stepping out larger picture, I think that Survivor <laughs> should see a tribal like that and say this needs to change. Because, like you said, two people had votes that literally just were taken away. And it was one based on a risk and one based on, hey, I found a piece of paper and when you find a piece of paper in Survivor, you're definitely going to pick it up and go with it. So it's like, hey, the games yeah, like are moving votes. The fact votes. that anyone is going to take this beware advantage and put it back is laughable. Yeah. So it's just, I, I hope that Survivor can look at that and say, okay, well, if we still want to keep doing advantage apocalypse, we can't just take votes away for no reason. Because at that point, it just runs into a problem where we have people not even being voted out but leaving three or four seasons ago and now we have two people without votes and two people cancel each other votes out 
let's just have a discussion and kick someone out. So it's just, it, it's, Idlepocalypse just needs to go away. <laughs> that's and we're back. That's what I got from that one. Idlepocalypse and go away. we are back. Yeah, <laughs> it only took us about an hour, but we're back, baby. <laughs> yeah. So Jackson, Zach, Maria, Jenny, Swati went home after that. Daniel went home soon after that. It's crazy. Like six people in five weeks, and then Lydia in a two-hour week six. There really hasn't been a ton of people uh, voted out, you know, so far this season since Jackson was evacuated. It's kind of uh, that's probably part of why it feels like not a lot of action has happened yet, too, is um, there's still a lot of people left. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I think what is an 18 member cast and they're merged at 12. So I don't know. I feel like that's when the technically 11, technically 11, (laughs) technically 11, even though 12 people were at tribal and one of them doesn't get to join the jury, but whatever. Um, yeah, it does feel like one big tribe. And I was hoping as someone who didn't watch 41, that when we saw half the tribe being safe and the other ones competing, competing for individual, I was hoping that for a few weeks we might actually get one tribe, but arbitrarily drawing, rocks every single time because (laughs) even though that's terrible strategically in a sense to watch and try to follow it would create different types of drama each week yeah because like for as dumb as the hourglass twist was it made the tribal council way more interesting because it was probably going to be pretty straightforward otherwise so you know i guess it worked out but Yeah, it's interesting because it kind of posits a world in which you have to have pretty good alliances with everyone because everything could change at any moment. And that's not typically how survivors prepare for tribal councils. So it kind of could throw a new wrinkle into the game if it was more consistent and and you actually had to build alliances with everyone. Like that would be an interesting thought experiment at the very least. Yeah, like if the next three or four tribal councils, they did split them up by drawing rocks every single challenge then you get you know another layer of okay well this week you're still my number one which can be a phrase that gets you in trouble but you say you're my number one but you're not in this vote because you're safe and blah 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 like it it could add another layer if they really want to continue to change something but at the same time that's almost like the biggest form of idle apocalypse because half the tribe is safe <laughs> once you get to the merch so it's like you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too, which I always want to do. That reminds me, though, the number one conversation. We didn't really talk about Swati. Is there anything you wanted to say about her? It, it was quite comedic to watch her downfall come out of her telling everyone that she was their number one. It was it was very funny. Yeah. I, I So my view on Swati was I thought she was an awesome person, but not awesome at survivor. If that makes sense. I think she was fun and she's going places and she's military. And, um, you just always got to salute the military, but uh, yeah, I don't think she was very good at the game because when you tell everybody the same line, at least mix it up, say, say, Hey, you're my number one. Hey, you're my closest. Hey, you're my, best ally you know hey like, you're my letter a <laughs> yeah. you're a you're one you're alpha you're my coca-cola <laughs> um so i think the game got beyond her but i i think as a person um she was somebody that i would chill with <laughs> yeah i mean she was one of the younger folks so it, you never know what's going to happen in that case if they're just going to fall off the map really quickly Daniel like we talked about was kind of disappointing (laughs) based off his preseason expectations he was not up to the strategic part of the game at all (laughs) he just couldn't lie he couldn't lie looking (laughs) at people (laughs) and uh Lydia went from like playing a quietly good game to out very quickly so tough break for her otherwise yeah like I think we're left with a really interesting group like 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 we talked about I think Chanel and Roxroy and Tori feel like longer shots at this point, but everyone else has a lot of room for potential to really flower into a 
impressive game or to sputter out or or really like everything is up for grabs right now and it's it's interesting and 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 honestly ty another thing we've talked about ad nauseum for years i don't i don't miss the themes i don't i don't miss the themes at all ty yeah it's uh we might say this is survivor lock and key just from the logo but uh yeah no it is it's great not arbitrarily putting people into boxes other than it's it's worth the, the trade-off of of having to hear jeff torture the english language <laughs> into whatever box that he has to by being like drop the two carry the four put in the two again drop the four lift out the zero that's all you need to know and you're like, okay, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but as long as we don't have to have the theme, I'm good with it. <laughs> Did you just make a 420 joke? <laughs> Not on purpose. <laughs> Not on purpose. But we are recording this very close to 420, I guess. That's true. Um, I believe the next Survivor episode airs on 420, so light it up, <laughs> up, up. Oh, gosh. I'm on fire. Now you're just totally <laughs> going back to college. Wait, no, that just makes it sound like you were a stoner. Taylor was not a stoner, but he did listen to <laughs> Fall Out Boy. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Have you heard of this movie, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once? Uh, I feel like only from you. <laughs> oh, have I told you about it already? I feel like I've heard of it. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a movie about multiverses that's not related to superheroes, and it's pretty recent. Um, oh. I saw it. The only reason I thought of it is because you just mentioned me liking Fall Out Boy. This movie, just, I know we're not a movie podcast, but if you want a film reference from me, this movie has a pretty heavy allusion to the song Absolutely Parentheses Story of a Girl by the band Nine Days, which I never thought I would see in a movie, let alone a movie that came out in the year 2022. So shout out to Everything Everywhere All at Once because, you know, (laughs) that song started with the letter a and was on my ipod so it used to come on whenever i plugged my ipod into the car <laughs> what a time what a time ipods plugs <laughs> <laughs> well i don't have any more points to belabor so if you've got more stuff throw it at me but uh i feel no, like the only other thing i we've wanted to mention is that you're crushing me in the preseason fantasy draft that we did uh because I currently only have four of nine people left (laughs) after six weeks, which is very impressive, I think. I lost Jackson immediately, Zach immediately, Maria immediately afterwards, and then it went on a a mini run of you you losing Jenny and Swati, but then I immediately lost Daniel and Lydia right afterwards. So my remaining team, which I will say I I have a couple people I feel okay about, uh, is Tori High omer and romeo while you still have seven (laughs) (laughs) chanel jonathan roxroy drea marianne mike and Lindsay. Uh, i won't go into all of the scoring right now Uh, you might remember we give points out based off reward immunity making the merge etc and each week the two of us have 10 points which we can allot however we wish on who we think is going to go home Uh, you nailed it in week number two by putting three points on Maria. I nailed it in week number four and week number five. I put uh, three points on Swati and the following week I put five points on Daniel. Uh, But without getting too into the weeds with the numbers, I will say you are up by over 20 and you have three more people on your team so it's going to be a tough road for me but there's always hope i think we learned in years past if you can keep it just within 20 you kind of have a chance at the end yeah and i do think it's not going to be quite as tough of a road because while i have numbers weirdly i think you have longevity with the people left um might not be true because like we said we don't really know what's happening um, I feel like this episode was the play-in tournament, and now we finally made the playoffs. To <laughs> not our basketball podcast, but um, if we want to, yeah, I love that now in the NBA there there is a postseason and a playoffs, and they're two different things. It's crazy, crazy, crazy time to live with. Just like Survivor season forty-two, 
there's a post-merge, but or post-tribes, but a pre-merge. So, wow, maybe uh, what's his name? Not David Stern. Ad- maybe Adam Silver and Jeff Probst are like buddies. I don't picture that being the fact. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Well. I think that covers it unless you want to go deep on the basketball talk, but I think we're out of time and this is not a basketball podcast. Not a basketball so. podcast. I do love talking basketball. My Miami Heat are number one, but I still don't think they're going to win. So, Are they literally number one? Are they like the number one? No, seed? they were number one in the East, but Phoenix is number one overall. Oh, okay. Well, number one in the East is basically number one because you can get all the way to the finals, right? Although, don't they have to... Never mind. We're not going to talk about... Yeah, we're not going to talk about the playoffs, but they will not win the finals. (laughs) I will just let you know that. (laughs) You heard it here first. They will not win the finals. I guess before we go, who's going to win Survivor, though? Um, If I have to throw a name out right now, uh, I'm going to say hi. I think... I was thinking hi, but he's he's on my team, so he's cursed. (laughs) I think... Yeah. I'm going to go Drea. Let's go. Uh, if you're taking high, I'm going Drea. That's my pick. Well, my first two picks for who are going to win are taken. So, yeah. I was <laughs> going to say either Drea or high, and I chose high. Well, there you go. As usual, despite us not talking off mic, we're perfectly in sync. <laughs> so, that's it for now. Thanks for joining us. We're just here to have a good time. We uh, are happy to be talking Survivor now and again throughout season 42. You can follow us places or whatever, but we're not really in that game, man. We're just here to have a good time. Like I, I said. never get done. I used to push Twitter. Don't follow my Twitter. If I follow anything, follow Instagram, but Instagram's boring too. So just <laughs> enjoy the time we have. <laughs> you heard it here first. Enjoy the time you have left, however long it is. <laughs> and enjoy the rest of Survivor Season 42. We will probably be back once or twice more um, as time runs down the clock but for now he's tyler b commons i'm taylor p Gaines, and this has been on the island goodbye Island. I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is why I guess. On the island. On the island. On the island. On the island.